Good morning. Scott Luton here with you on this edition of This Week in Business History. Welcome to today's show. On this program, which is part of the Supply Chain Now family of programming, we take a look back at the upcoming week, and then we share some of the most relevant events and milestones from years past. Of course, mostly business-focused, with a little dab of global supply chain, and occasionally, we might just throw in a good story outside of our primary realm. So I invite you to join me on this look back in history to identify some of the most significant leaders, companies, innovations, and perhaps lessons learned in our collective business journey. Now, let's dive in to this week in business history. Hello, and thanks for joining us. I'm Kelly Barner, owner of Buyer's Meeting Point and the host of Dial P for Procurement here on Supply Chain Now. Each week, my business history co-host Scott Luton and I travel back through time to bring you the best business stories, innovations, people, and surprising facts, some of which you've probably heard before and others of which are on the verge of being forgotten. If you enjoy our unique blend of storytelling and business history, Take a minute to subscribe to the podcast and share a review. That will help others find us. In this week's episode, I would like to tell you the story of the Twinkie. You know the little yellow snack cake? Well, Twinkies were invented on April 6, 1930, and April 5th every year is National Hostess Twinkie Day. Almost 1.1 million Twinkies are eaten around the world every day, and about 1,123 Twinkies are produced every minute. James Alexander Duar, born on February 5, 1897, was a Canadian inventor who started his career as a delivery boy in 1920. He worked for the Continental Baking Company in River Forest, Illinois. Through a series of mergers and acquisitions, Continental Baking Company would eventually become Hostess Brands. He worked hard and rose through the ranks, eventually becoming a plant manager. In 1931, his plant had a series of machines and pans set up to make strawberry shortcakes. They were a popular snack, but the company could only make them, and therefore only put the equipment into productive use, during strawberry season. Dewar came up with the idea to create a shortcake with cream on the inside instead of strawberries. But he didn't start with the famous vanilla cream we all know today. No, the original Twinkies were banana flavored, which, if nothing else, explains their color. And without the fresh fruit to be purchased, they were also cheap, a requirement in the midst of the depression. As Dewar himself said, the economy was getting tight and the company needed to come out with another low priced item. I thought of a two to a pack item for a nickel. And Twinkies did originally come two to a pack instead of today's one. So why are they called Twinkies? As the story goes, Dewar saw a billboard on the way to work one morning for a shoe company called the Twinkle Toe Shoe Company. Apparently that was the spark and the snack cake became the Twinkie. Dewar rose to be regional vice president at Hostess and he held that position until 1972. From what I read in preparation for this episode, he was kind of a strange character, definitely not a health nut. 
The rumor was, and is, that Dewar had at least three Twinkies and a glass of milk before he went to bed each night, although he never confirmed or denied it. Here's what he did say about his dietary habits. I eat Twinkies every day and smoke a pack and a half of cigarettes. I personally think that's a riot. You have to love honest people. He claimed that his Twinkie consumption hadn't affected his waist or his well-being, saying, I weigh 160 pounds, same as I ever did, and I feel fine. And in truth, he did live to a ripe old age of 88. So there must be something to be said about a steady diet of Twinkies and smokes after all. And of course, there is that legend about Twinkies having enough preservatives in them to survive a nuclear holocaust. More about that in a minute. First, we have to resolve the matter of flavor. Twinkies were originally filled with banana cream. That all changed in World War II when bananas became scarce and the company switched to vanilla cream. After the war was over and bananas were more readily available, they didn't switch back because people liked the vanilla cream better. Actually, I dug into this a little more. There wasn't exactly a banana shortage during World War II, as much as there was a banana transportation shortage. The refrigerated cargo ships that were required to move bananas to North America and the UK had all been repurposed for the war effort. Yes, supply chain disruptions played a role in giving us the vanilla Twinkie, which actually seems like an upside. So what about that Twinkie shelf life? There's a myth or an urban legend that says because Twinkies are made of all chemical ingredients, they will stay fresh for decades. According to my research, this is officially fake news. When Twinkies first came out, they only had a shelf life of about two days because they were made with fresh ingredients. The dairy used in the cream filling was the big culprit. It was highly perishable and it was expensive, so there were two reasons to replace it. Between wanting to ship the product further and wanting to increase their margins, the company had a pretty powerful reason to extend that shelf life. They started substituting artificial ingredients for the fresh ones and ultimately managed to get the shelf life up to a whopping 25 days. Now, this is where we hit a series of snags in the Twinkies sweet success story. Hostess declared bankruptcy for the first time in 2004. They were drowning in debt, bad business practices, and overly generous union contracts. A private equity company got involved, brought all of the unions and the company to the table, and five years later, somehow Hostess left bankruptcy with even more debt than it had when it went in. That situation was so untenable, it only lasted for three years. On January 10th, 2012, Hostess Brands filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy for the second time, largely due to its remaining uncovered pension debt. The unions played hardball on their contract until the Hostess company opened the books and showed them the numbers, most of which were red. Then the union signed for what they could get, but it didn't last. The workers were so unhappy with the pay and the benefits that they stopped showing up for work. On Thursday, November 29, 2012, so few employees showed up for work that the plant couldn't function properly, and the company called it quits. About 18,000 employees, nearly the entire workforce at the company, lost their jobs. Twinkies went out of production, causing a minor panic 
and major hoarding among some of the snack's biggest fans. But once again, that resilient Twinkie snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. On March 18, 2013, a number of Hostess brands, including Twinkies, were purchased out of bankruptcy by Apollo Global Management and Retopologist and Company. Within four months, they were back on store shelves. When Twinkies did return for sale in 2013, they had undergone something of a makeover. They came back with the motto, the sweetest comeback in the history of ever, and a 45-day shelf life. Now that's something that continues to fuel speculation about the chemical composition of this sweet treat. So what are Twinkies actually made of? Of the three dozen or so ingredients that make up a Twinkie, only one of them is officially categorized as a preservative. In other words, it is included in the Twinkie for its preservative qualities. Some of the other ingredients, let's just all agree that I'm using podcast air quotes when I say ingredients, in Twinkies have preserving side effects, but they are mostly included because they are less expensive and more shelf stable than fresh ingredients. Here are some fun examples and their alternate applications. Corn dextrin gives Twinkies their sticky crust. Another place you can find this ingredient is in various glues, and apparently it doesn't always taste as good as it does on a Twinkie, for instance, when it is being used as the glue on the back of an envelope. And then there is the delicious sounding cellulose gum. Cellulose gum gives the Twinkie cream its smooth feel. What else is this ingredient used in? Try rocket fuel. Mmm. As unbelievable as it sounds, cellulose gum is not the only fuel-related ingredient found in a Twinkie. The chemicals that make up the artificial buttery flavor come from petroleum. Hopefully the skyrocketing fuel costs we're seeing at the pump don't make their way over to the hostess snack cake aisle in the supermarket. Early on, the manufacturing process was a lot less automated than it is today. Margaret Branco was an early Twinkie stuffer, as they were called. She was interviewed by the St. Louis Post-Dispatch at one point, and she both described the process of putting cream into the Twinkies manually and shared a fringe benefit associated with her job. Here's what she said. You had to pump the pedal just right or too much filling would shoot out. If I over-squirted, the Twinkie would explode. Of course, that wasn't so bad because I got to eat the crippled ones. Good for you, Margaret. So Twinkies went from strawberry shortcake replacement to banana to vanilla. But the company has had a number of short-run flavors over the years, too. There have been cotton candy Twinkies, lemonade stand Twinkies, and of course, pumpkin spice Twinkies. Post released a Twinkies cereal, that sounds healthy, and you can buy frozen deep-fried Twinkies at Target. One final fact, based on the production numbers I shared at the start of this podcast, 17,000 Twinkies have been made while you were listening. Why not go grab a box? Just don't be like inventor James DeWar and pair it with a pack of smokes. On that note, it is time to wrap up this edition of This Week in Business History. Thank you so much for tuning into the show each week. Don't forget to check out the wide variety of industry thought leadership available at supplychainnow.com. As a friendly reminder, you can find This Week in Business History wherever you get your podcasts from, and be sure to tell us what you think. 
We would love to earn your review and we encourage you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. On behalf of the entire team here at This Week in Business History and Supply Chain Now, this is Kelly Barner wishing you all nothing but the best. We'll see you next time here on This Week in Business History.